Welcome truth seekers all across the fruited plain. I'm your host, Kim S. Anderson, bringing you civics made simple. Hashtag we are exceptional. These are bite-sized civics lessons designed for you to take and share wherever you go. These are important times. Times that American citizens like you and me need to know how our rights came to be and the responsibilities that go along with them. Hey guys, how are you? I just had to give a few thoughts and commentary about some of the things we've seen this last couple of weeks and it's like sort of bubbling over um, for me. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go live and wanna put this down for posterity so that it will always be here. And just a few thoughts and things Hey guys, just a few thoughts and things about some of the things we've seen and experienced this weekend. Hey guys, good to have you, glad you're here. Um, I'm gonna speak sort of like just as a citizen about what I've seen going on. Um, and I, one of the things, if you guys don't know, I actually do an online civics course. I've been sharing, hey, hey guys, I've been sharing and teaching civics online for a year and a half now and so I feel like I've got a unique perspective to share this, but one of the first things that I wanna address, and I've seen this over the weekend, and I saw it yesterday, um, is this, this desire to sort of burn the house down because we don't agree politically. And that could not be more destructive. You know, I've seen, I've seen comments about getting rid of the electoral college. I've seen comments about getting rid of the Senate because it's not equal or it's not fair. Um, because of this recent um, Supreme Court nominee that the Supreme Court, I mean, that the, that the Senate approved of, and because they don't like that, they wanna burn the whole thing down. Like, like well, let's not have the Senate be um, equal representation. Let's make it be on population. And it's like all of this confusion and all of this noise when it was designed to be that way. Like, it was designed constitutionally to be that way. And then I've heard things said about Oh, you know, this is tearing down our democracy. Well, guess what? We were never created to be a democracy. And I know that might sound foreign to the ears of people. Like, wait a minute, people are democratically elected. Yes, but we are not a democracy. And here's why. Let me just put it to you this way. Here's why we are not a democracy. Because democracy leads to mob rule. And let's just, let's just carry the thought out a little bit. Democracy, meaning I've just got to get 51% to your 49 or 50.1 to your 49.99. Now, in a small, tight society, democracy can work. But if you scale up to the size of the United States, it can't work because what will end up happening is mob rule will end up creating violence. If everything is simply tilted to a majority, then guess what happens? The, the, those that are in power, because of the majority, decide to get violent to keep those that are out of power, out to keep them continually out of power through violent means. It will become a, a I enforce my authority because at the butt of a gun because I have the simple majority. And then guess what happens? Those people that are in the minority, they rise up and they take over. And now the pendulum swings their way. And then guess what? These people on the other side, they get violent and they rise up and they try to kill them. That's what happens overseas. That's what happens 
you know, in democracies, in straight democracies, it becomes mob rule and then it becomes violent because in order to keep my power, I have to then enforce it at the butt of a gun or whatever violent means are necessary. So democracy, though it sounds great and it sounds, you know, noble, we are not a democracy. We are a representative republic. And that means we as citizens give our authority to our represented representatives to voice our opinion in the federal government. And so when you hear calls for this is a disruption to our democracy, we were never created to be a democracy. We were created to be a republic. There's a vast difference and we've got to understand that because here's the thing, if we just keep listening to the rhetoric we won't be able to cut through and we the people will stay in a, in a place of confusion, which then benefits, I'm not gonna get into it one party or another, but what I'm saying is, is that to understand why our founding fathers created us to be a republic and not a democracy. So I've got a couple of other points that I wanna move through. Um, this notion that we need to burn down our system. You know what, this is a, this is a unique system. America is a unique, system. It's a, it was a brand new form of government when it was created. Like it did not exist before it was created. Like in 1787, when the constitution was, was ratified, like this type of government that we have now, it did not exist. I mean, and I need you guys to really get a hold of the fact that it's such a miracle. It's a miracle that our form of government exists because before and prior, it was simply monarchy. You know, you just do what the king said, you did what the queen said, and if you didn't, off with your head. Like, that was how government was formed. Our system of government, the, the executive, the legislative, the judicial, it's a miracle because it didn't happen prior to it being established. And so, I also want to move on and, 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 and talk about why we don't burn it down. You know, the, the people that I've been seeing on Twitter have been saying, oh, we want to we want to get rid of how the Senate is, is comprised and we want to get rid of of, how, of the Electoral College. Well, here's the deal. Here's why we have those systems in place. One is so we're not completely ruled by the monopoly. You know, California and New York don't get to decide what's good for the folks in Iowa and Kansas. That's why, because our founding fathers and our framers of the Constitution were just as concerned as the federal government and how that was formed, states government, and the rights of the individual. It, all of those things matter to them. And so we can't just now throw it out and say, hey, just because we didn't like what happened, let's throw out the Electoral College. No, because just because something good happened in New York and California and Texas and Florida, doesn't mean we get to then turn around and dictate what happens to those in other states. Guys, we are the United States. So just because we don't like what may be happening right now, doesn't mean we throw out the whole thing. That's a level of immaturity and childlike behavior that says, I'm taking my ball and going home because I don't like what's going on right now. So let's throw out the Congress. Let's throw out the Senate. Let's just start over. And here's, here's I'm telling you why that's so dangerous. Because the same Electoral College that voted in Donald Trump is the same Electoral College that gave Barack Obama two terms. 
that gave Bill Clinton two terms. It was working fine then, so why can't, I, why can't we trust that it's working fine now? Just because you may not like this president doesn't mean that the system is broken and needs to be fixed because you don't like it. That's immature. That's immature. Come on, guys, let's grow up and let's move past. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this this morning. Let's move past the five stages of grief. The election happened in 2016. It's 2018 and it's about to be 2019. Let's move past the five stages of grief. And if you don't know what they are, I actually researched them so I could tell you. It's denial. It's anger, it's bargaining, it's depression and acceptance. The things we've seen this weekend, it tells me that in the stages of denial, in the stages of grief, there's so many folks that are still stuck in anger. We have got to move on and move past anger so we can get into acceptance so we can move forward. We have to move forward. And so I wanna address this one last thing before, before I move on. Let's keep the systems we have, let's support them, let's get educated about the things constitutionally that are set up and why. And then I wanna just talk to you guys about the Senate and because folks were really, really upset this past weekend about the Senate. Now, what may need to happen, and this is, you know, we may need to go back and, and abolish the 17th Amendment. We don't need to get rid of the Senate, but what we may wanna think about what we may want to think about is the fact that Sandra, and I see, does your vote count if someone else electoral college has a final say? Let me just put a pin in that. I'll come back to it. What was initially supposed to happen? See, the constitution was set up for we, the people, which means that we would have a voice in our government, okay? The House of Representatives was set up based on population. Is that right? That's right. It was set up on population meaning the more populous states would have more representation in Congress. But here's the deal. They only gave them two years because the House of Representatives was supposed to be closest to the people. And the people were supposed to be able to go to their, their, their congressmen, their, their representatives, and state what was going on back home so that the, those in, in the House could vote legislatively about what's going on. Okay. Now, the Senate was set up to represent the states. Now, here's how it used to be. The 17th Amendment changed this. The Senate was, was um, placed, the senators were placed in office by state legislators, meaning as a, as a citizen of the state, I vote on my state legislator. My state legislator then votes on who becomes a, a U.S. senator keeping the Senate attached to the states and keeping me as a, as a voter attached to my state legislator. Now, the 17th Amendment, Amendment abolished that and had the people vote directly on their U.S. senators. And what has happened is that the senators have become sort of their, this body unto themselves and they're not necessarily held as accountable to the states their own states as they would be if those state legislatures have appointed them and put them in office. So if we want to consider anything, we may want to consider changing the 17th Amendment. However, it is what it is, and that's how it stands right now. So Sandra, Sandra asked, does my vote count if someone else, Electoral College, has the final say? Your vote does count. Every single vote counts because 
in our state elections for the federal government, our state elections are democratic. That means we vote and, the, and whoever gets the most votes wins the number of electoral votes. So every state vote does absolutely count. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to win everything we vote on. Like, come on. Like, we don't win every argument that we have with our, with our family members and our spouses. We're not going to win every state election or every federal election. We're not going to win. Like, that's life. So, but we don't throw the whole thing out and say, you know what, I'm done. Well, so maybe some of us do. But we don't throw the whole system out and say, I don't like it because it didn't work for me this time. No, we learn, we learn the system and we learn how to operate within it. So guess what? So that if, if you didn't get your way this time, well, then in the, in the realm of ideas, go get more people to vote with you. Go share your opinions. Get involved politically. And I'm not talking violence. I'm talking about the sharing and the debating of ideas. That's how this thing was supposed to work. We're supposed to debate ideas. That's what Congress and the Senate and the House were set up to do, really, was to debate the ideas that the people back home decided, hey, I don't know if I necessarily like that. Now, I got one more issue that I really want to talk about. I really want to hit this thing. Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching, and please share this um, if you feel so inclined. Now, we had a really, really big Supreme Court justice um, installed this weekend. And I really want to <laughs> address the fact that it was never supposed to be like this. Um, it, it, first of all, politics aside, the, the justices of the Supreme Court were never meant to carry this much power and authority. That one vote and one man flips the court and changes the court and does all that. It was never meant to be that way. I want you guys to go get a pocket constitution and read how the Supreme Court and the executive branch were actually set up. The main focus of, of um, government and the brunt and the responsibility of government, read Article One. is supposed to be on Congress. It's supposed to be on the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. They are supposed to carry the brunt the weight of government because they are the ones that are closest to the people. That's how this thing's supposed to work. The, the judiciary is simply supposed to say constitutional, unconstitutional. They're just supposed to call balls and strikes. They were never created. The Supreme Court was not created to make law. Now, here's the most important thing I think I want to say today <gasps> is the reason that we are so that, that this, this nomination created so much angst was because people were so concerned about um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, if you have never read the Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade, I suggest that you do. Um, it is tenuous at best. It is not a strong opinion. I mean, it's, it's, it's tenuous at best on the fact that it created a precedent for abortion. Now here's why there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth around this issue. I'm speaking specifically of this issue and people are fighting in the streets and they're, they're concerned that Roe v. Wade is, is gonna be overturned and this, that and the other because of one man 
appointed to the Supreme Court, which was never supposed to carry this much power and authority. You've got to go back and actually read the Constitution for yourself to see what I mean. Because abortion was decided judicially and not legislatively, we have angst and wailing and unsettlement around this issue. They're upset because the Supreme Court can overturn it. Well, guess what? It should have never been that way because Congress is the legislative body. They're supposed to be the responsible ones, not the president, not the courts, but Congress is supposed to be the one that settles the law. They create a law, we, they, they, they present a law, we debate a law, and the law becomes settled. We wipe our hands with it. Abortion has never become settled law federally. It's only been judicially made that way by the courts, which is why the people are weeping and wailing and there's gnashing of teeth around this issue because the settlement of it did not come from the proper place. I hope you guys hear what I'm saying. I'm not even talking about whether it's right or wrong at this point. What I'm saying is because, it, because of the place where it came from, that's the reason why there's so much anxiety and, and frustration and anger and upset about this issue. It came from the wrong place. Now, if Congress had said federally, abortion, we've had the debate on it, abortion is legal, guess what? We the people then go, it's settled law. We're done, we're moving on. Now, what we might do, those of us that don't agree with that issue, is that then we might, uh, we might vote for different legislators to come back and change the law. But because it came from the courts, it cannot be settled because it's not settled law. That's what Congress does. So guys, whew, I, just, I had to sort of just get this out. Now here's the deal. But I break down, I go through the past 18 months, I've gone through civics and how the United States government was formed. And I'll be doing another video for them today on the preamble. But understanding why and how it was formed, who's supposed to do what gives you clarity in these crazy times. It helps cut through the noise when you have clarity and you know for yourself why it was done this way, how it was supposed to be set up. It gives you clarity and that clarity and that knowledge gives you wisdom in the midst of all this chaos. It cuts through the noise and helps you understand what's supposed to be what and who's out of order and, and where they actually should be on issues and things pertaining to government. But guys, I think I, I've, I've touched on all my points, but I wanted to share with you today, we live in the greatest country on earth. This United States government, I'm telling you guys, it's a miracle. And having studied it for the past 18 months, People have tried to copy what we've done, but I'm telling you, it's a miracle that our form of government was ever established because it just did not happen before. And so as opposed to tearing it down and burning it down, let's get educated. Let's find out why it was created this way and, and get and become a part of that process that sustains it for the future generations, not ones that tear it down because for this moment in time, we may not like what's happening. We don't, we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater because things get tough and things get, get, get hard. Let's find out why, let's educate ourselves and let's, let's debate the ideas 
let's debate the ideas. Let's not debate violently, but let's debate the ideas passionately and try to convince our neighbors why one thing may, may be for our benefit or the other. Let's talk about the ideas, not assault and attack each other just based on, on a, a left or right, a blue or red or Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. Let's debate the ideas. Okay, I appreciate you guys so much sharing this and, and taking a few minutes out of your day to listen. I bless you. I honor you guys as, as friends and, and, and citizens of our great land. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Civics Made Simple. This is your host, Kim S. Anderson, inviting you to visit our site, kimsanderson.me.me. For the latest and most up-to-day information on our podcast and our store, follow us at hashtag WeAreExceptional on Instagram and Twitter. God bless, and we'll see you next time.